Hey everyone, thanks for checking in to another episode of The Sober Fix. Took me a little bit to uh, upload this episode. I had a busy couple weeks. Uh, I kept trying to find time to uh, to record and, and it wasn't happening, you know, but uh, I've got time today. So uh, thanks for waiting and thanks for anyone that has uh, taken the time to listen to these episodes and um, I greatly appreciate it. I have a couple readings for today. The first one comes out of Everything AA, and this is for uh, July 31st. It's called A Prayer for All Seasons. Starts off with the serenity prayer. God, grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, courage to change the things we can, and wisdom to know the difference. And this is, for me, this was the first recovery tool that I gained in the rooms, you know, and at first it was like, I, I'd hear people reciting it and I, I didn't pay much attention to it. You know, it was just, uh, it was like the chapter three readings and, and chapter five readings that are read at each meeting, you know, in the beginning, it was like, I had such a hard time concentrating on anything, you know, um, I was still in the grip of, of my disease, you know, and uh, it was a miracle if I could sit still for 10 minutes without having to go smoke a cigarette or something, you know, but uh, this prayer now has become a big part of my life, you know, and as I look at it, it's like God grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, which is basically you, right? Courage to change the things we can, me, and and wisdom to know the difference between the two and uh this prayer was huge for me in the beginning because I needed some relief from the past. I needed, I needed something to help me cope with the present because my head was attacking me at all times, bringing up all sorts of mistakes I had made, all bunch of shame, guilt, remorse, regret. You know, and I'd be trying to uh, sit in a meeting of recovery and, and my head would just be on me, you know, and and I had a hard time coping with that at the beginning. In fact, that's why I used for a lot of years towards the end because it was no longer working for me anymore, you know, but I was so caught in the cycle. I didn't want to get sick. I didn't want to have to go through withdrawals and I did not want to have to deal with all the damage you know, I had put that off for a long time. And I've said before how I used to get stuff in the mail, bills, you know, court documents from different counties. I mean, you name it. The second I got a job again in recovery, you know, I had it done taxes in three years. It was like I started working that job and, and little by little I kept getting these letters, you know, from all these different places. And they were like, yes, we know where he works at now. You know, we know where he's at. And they started sending me stuff, you know, and uh, and it felt unbearable. <clears throat> Excuse me. In the beginning, it was like, how am I going to deal with this? You know, like I can't put the drink down, but let alone like face life sober because, you know, I know now that like I, I used to think I just had a drinking problem, you know, like um I just, I can't, uh, I can't drink right. You know, I come to find out over time that like, no, I have a sober problem. You know, it's like, uh, I can't do life sober. That's where the issue is. That's why it always drives me back to the drink as the solution. I want to continue on here. It says the power of this prayer is overwhelming in that it's simple beauty parallels the AA fellowship. There are times when I get stuck while reciting it 
but if I examine the section which is troubling me, I find the answer to my problem. And I'd mentioned using this as the first tool I kind of gained in recovery. And it was huge for me because it allowed me to cope with being newly sober and be somewhat content with everything that had gone on in the addiction. Like uh, just, just knowing that like, look, I understand there's been years of decisions and behavior and I've hurt a lot of people around me. And you know what? I cannot change that. Like, no, like I, there's just nothing I can do to change what has already happened, you know, and just accepting that like, I'm going to need to put in work and I'm going to need to do some things that I may not feel like doing right now, but that other people have done to now get sober and maybe just maybe it'll work for me. It's also huge in my life today because it's like, I have to distinguish like what I have control over, you know, like I, I don't, I don't have any power over like people, places, things like, I tried to manipulate all that when I was drinking, you know, I tried to, uh, the AA book talks about the actor trying to run the whole show and, and, um, arrange the scenery and the ballet. And if everyone would just do what he wishes, everything would be good, you know? And that was me and my addiction. I, I, I tried to control everything in the, uh, always with an underlying goal in the back of my head of, I need to get loaded. You know, if I can just, you know, become friendly with these people, or if I can just, you know, get good with my bosses, maybe I can make more money. And ultimately the whole goal of, of everything I was doing was to arrange things so that I could continue to drink and use, you know, I need to make people think that everything's good. I need to, um, put this, you know, outward facade that, that, that I'm okay, you know, so these people get off my back and I can continue to drink and use, which was always the goal. I want to continue on here. It says, the first time this happened, I was scared, but now I use it as a valuable tool. By accepting life as it is, I gain serenity. And this is huge for me. It took me a long time to realize that a lot of this recovery journey is acceptance. You know, I, I had to first accept that, that I'm an alcoholic. I'm different from other people. You know, that's, that's a huge one. That was hard for me. I've told you guys before I wanted to find any way that I could continue to drink and use. Cause I need a little bit of relief. You know, it's like, um, I would always drink and use until I could not take it anymore. And then I would get sober and the same thing until I just absolutely could not take it anymore. You know, and, and I always knew, I knew what the consequences were going to be. I knew going into a relapse or taking another drink or my favorite one was, you know, going out to play pool, you know, with, with normal friends that are able to experience life and play pool and have a few drinks. But the difference is, difference is they go home at night. You know, they don't, they don't have that switch that gets turned on to where they cannot stop, you know, doesn't matter what the consequences are. Like they're able to stop. I'm not, you know, and it took me a long time to accept that. 
I wanted to find a way that I could still get a little bit of relief from the feeling of sobriety, whether that was, okay, the hard stuff is messing me up. It keeps putting me in jail. You know, I'm having overdoses. People are on me. I am losing jobs. Like nothing is going well. Like, I don't want to get lectured by everyone anymore. Like, I need to stop the hard stuff, you know. I need to stop taking either the hard alcohol shots at the end of the night or I need to just, I need to get off the opiates, you know. If I can just get off the opiates, I'll be good. I could smoke weed. I could drink. Everything will be fine, you know, because I needed to have something. I always in my head had to, there, there, it was never an option to just live life as it is. You know, I always needed something. There was, I always wanted that, um, that quick escape, you know, because when I was living life sober, it was uncomfortable when I didn't have a program, you know, I would try, I always tried to do it alone. It was like, um, I would still hang out with the same people doing the same things. Only I'm trying to like white knuckle it and not drink, you know, and that's really hard in the beginning. Like, if you're getting sober and you're around people that you've always drank with, like you, you're going to, you are going to feel left out. You know, it's, it's just, that's how I always felt. You know, it was like, um, I would be replaying all the fun times we've had in the past. And yes, there was a lot of fun times, you know, there's a reason why we end up getting stuck on it. It's because it, it gives us something in the beginning, you know, it adds to our life in the beginning, at least it did for me. And when I'm sitting there trying to not drink, but I'm hanging out with people that are that I used to always drink with or get high with, it's like um, I want to capture the good old days. You know, I could be 13 years into my disease with um, absolutely nothing to show for my life, and I'm not thinking about the last you know seven eight years that have been hell. No, I'm thinking about the first six months that were amazing. You know, and, and that's a huge thing about addiction that I've come to realize just through my own experiences. And that is what is so cunning and baffling about it is I could have 10 years of just straight, just failing, getting my ass kicked at every corner by alcoholism and drugs, every single corner. I could know that I am different and can't handle it. I can know that I have no off button. But I will still remember the handful of times where I was able to have two drinks and go home, you know, because I've done it before. I wasn't happy about it. You know, I definitely wasn't enjoying my drinking that night when I had two drinks and left. But I think it was just me trying to have as much willpower as I could to prove to myself, hey, look, it's possible I can do it, you know. And I'll take those couple of times that I was able to, let's just say, successfully socially drink or whatever, you know, have a couple beers and go home. And I will remember that, you know, and, and each time I'm, I'm thinking about going out to drink, because I a couple times was able to have two drinks and leave, I will remember that. And that for me was just the delusion, you know, I, I was very delusional. I thought that, uh, I thought that I had some control over this thing, you know, and I think a lot of people do, and it's, it's just dangerous. I want to continue on. It says by taking action, I gain courage and I thank God for the ability to distinguish between those situations I can work on 
and those I must turn over. And this is an interesting kind of topic is distinguishing, you know, you hear a lot about uh, self-will, God's will, and what we can work on and what we have to give up. You know, I always look, I kind of try and look at the situation and say like, look, do I have any control over this at all? You know, like, um, and, and if I do, it, like, is there is there an action I can take where I could maybe possibly help the situation, but without trying to control it? You know, for example, it's like, um, you know, I've I've had friends that I meet in recovery, and and we become good friends, you know, because we have something in common. It's like the whole recovery world, you know, we have that common problem and that common goal you know and we just connect and it's we may have two completely different lives and you know environmental situations growing up or whatever you want to call it but it's like um but we've been through the same suffering you know and we've had some similar experiences and and unfortunately, you know, I've had friends that I uh, get to know in recovery and, and a lot of times they become very good friends, you know, like uh, there's people that I've met in rehab, you know, and rehab is like potentially your most like vulnerable situation. You know, you're sometimes in there with a small group of people and, you, you know, you do groups every day and run by counselors and and you get into some pretty deep and heavy stuff, you know, and you become friends with these people pretty quickly and, um and there's times when people go out, you know, and uh, I think that's one of the hardest things about sobriety sometimes for me is that um, a lot of the friends you make that are also in recovery, it's like um, it can be such a temporary situation, you know, because unfortunately people go out, you know, and you get to know people in meetings and, uh, you know, sometimes all it takes, especially nowadays with the fentanyl cut and all the opiates and, and even other stuff, it's like, um, you know, one minute, sometimes they're at a meeting and, and the next minute you're hearing that they overdosed and passed away, you know, or you could have a good friend that uh, you're on the recovery journey together, you know, and maybe you're going to meetings together, maybe you're going out and going to the beach, whatever it is, whatever activity you guys share, you know, and, um, and all of a sudden they kind of fall off, you know, and, and I had experience with that not too long ago where I ran into a friend that I got to know in sobriety for years in our uh, court program. And um, I had only known him sober, you know, and you, and you hear about the past because you guys talk about it and, and share about it, you know, but. Um, and then I saw him about a year later and, and he had uh, unfortunately had relapsed and was back in addiction, you know, and and, and it was it's crazy. It sucks to see that, you know, because, um, I don't know. It's like when I ran into him, he's, you know, he, he was just totally different person. You know, it's like, uh, I think he had been using pretty heavy, pretty hard over that year. And, um, you know, his behavior was completely different and he, he's known I've been sober for years, but he's like offering me stuff, you know, and, and he's the type of guy, he's such a good dude. Like he would, you know, and his right mind would never be offering someone else that was sobered, you know, drugs and stuff, you know, and, and I don't take it personally. I know that it's, it's just the disease when it's got a hold on you, you know, but, um, I bring up that situation because it's like, that's something that I can't necessarily control. You know, it's like, I can't, uh, I can't force him to go to rehab. I can't force him to get sober, you know, but, um, but I could, 
I could realize that and then say, okay, well, what can I do? You know, what is something that, um, something positive that I can do in the situation, even though I know I really have no control over his sobriety, what can I do? You know, and I've talked to him and, and I've reached out and I've, uh, continued to communicate to him kind of at a distance, you know, cause I can't put myself in too much of a sketchy situation, but, uh, but I let him know that, uh, it, you know, when he's ready to give me a call and we can start going to meetings together and stuff like that, you know. So that's a situation where I could think like, okay, like, um, what can I control? Do I have control over this other person? No, I don't. But are there things that I can do? Can I still be there as uh, as support in a safe way, you know, to where I'm not sitting there around all the drugs and stuff like that, you know, but... Um, let him know that uh, when he's ready, that door's open, you know, if he needs to call and, and he wants to tar- start talking about getting sober, you know. And I think that's uh, that's just a bummer. That's one of the bummers about recovery. I don't hear it talked about a lot, you know, but, um, you know, we have we get friends that are not in the program. We get a lot of friends that are working a program that are sober, you know, and unfortunately that's just part of it. You know, people, uh, people go out and, and it can be a huge bummer, you know, and I think the biggest thing that really had me emotional about it is as I'm, as I'm looking at him and, you know, everything has changed. It's like, um, I just, I just go, wow. It's like so obvious, you know, like this is why everyone knew I was loaded, you know, like, um, Cause when I was caught up in the moment and in my disease, like I, I thought that I was like slick, you know, like I thought like, uh, I remember going into public places thinking like, Oh, there's no way these people know I'm loaded or high or whatever, you know, I'm not acting like it, but like, it was so obvious with him. It was almost like looking, it was almost like I was looking at myself a little bit in the past before I got sober, you know, like, Oh, okay. Like this is why like so many people would be trying to talk to me about getting sober. You know, because like I'm sure he thought I didn't notice, but like it was, you know, it was very obvious, you know, and and that makes sense, you know, because I used to think uh, I used to wonder why I was getting pulled over and harassed all the time, you know, and and I realize now looking back that like I was bringing that attention on myself, you know, they weren't, uh, they didn't just pinpoint me and say, hey, I want to harass that guy, you know, like I was drawing that attention to myself, you know, and and I played a part in that, and it was it was. Uh, it was me who was deciding to get loaded and run around and act stupid, you know. So I want to continue on here. It says, all that I have now is a gift from God, my life, my usefulness, my contentment, and this program. And see, I love us now because I remember thinking that when I first got sober, you know, it was like... Um, it wasn't a surrender that I liked to do, you know, like I felt, um, I felt like shit about it. You know, I felt like my life was over. I felt like there was a lot of things I'd be missing out on. There was a lot of things that I didn't understand how I would get through. How am I going to get through weddings? How am I going to go to the beach and not get loaded? How am I going to go out at night? How am I going to have fun? You know, just the list goes on. And as time has gone on now, and I slowly but surely did those things sober and realized that it is actually just as enjoyable, if not more at times, you know, because I didn't have to worry about all the terrible consequences and hangovers and stuff like that. You know, it's like uh, I get to do everything, everything that I wanted to do loaded, I now get to do sober. You know, that's just the reality of it. And it's like, um, 
and it's enjoyable and I don't have to, and it doesn't come with a lot of stress. It doesn't come with all that regret. I get to remember it, you know, but that was hard. It, it took me time to realize that, you know, it took me time to get out of that thinking that like, uh, I'm going to be missing out on stuff versus now I, I realize that I've actually gained some, a much more better experiences through all of this. I want to continue on here. It says, the serenity enables me to continue walking forward. Alcoholics Anonymous is the easier, softer way. And this reflection talks about Alcoholics Anonymous because this is uh, from everything AA. But I find that recovery in general is the easier, softer way. You know, And, and I don't... I know they don't mean like... Uh, Oh, recovery is easy, you know, like anyone can do it. No, recovery is not easy. Anyone who tells you that it's easy is probably not doing too much work, you know, or I don't know, maybe they got lucky, but I, I'll, I'll just, I'll talk for myself. Like recovery has not been easy. You know, there was nothing easy about the detox. There was nothing easy about running around, you know, with a couple weeks sober and kind of waking up and realizing everything I had to deal with. You know, there's, it was not easy to get through everything for the first time that first year. You know, it was not easy working steps and, and looking at, uh, looking at all those resentments I had and then, you know, flipping it over and, and looking at my part and having to go to people and, um, and make amends. And, you know, some of these were people that, um, you know, it was amends. I just, I did not want to deal with. And I thought I never would have to deal with, you know, and, and all of a sudden I'm, you know, I've got a sponsor and they're asking me to go to some of these places and, and, and some of these amends, like people didn't even know some of the things I had done, you know, and I got to sit there in front of their face and, and admit it, you know, none of that was easy. You know, it's, um, it's not always easy to make service commitments, you know, and, um, when life's going good now, you know, sometimes on the weekend or whatever to have to show up to those commitments when I really don't feel like it, you know, but, um, None of that's easy, but it's all so rewarding. And I think that when they say it's an easier, softer way, I, I, I believe that it, I take that as like um, nothing's easy about recovery, but the results it's going to give you is going to make life easier. You know, um, there's a lot of hard work that us to uh, that goes into it in, in the beginning and, and continues to go into it to kind of maintain a spiritual way of life. But uh as long as I do that, as long as I put that work in, I, I have an overall easier life. You know, I'm not looking over my shoulder. I am not, uh, I just don't have all the drama and chaos, you know. It's like when I was drinking, it was like um, I waited to the last minute to get everything done. Nothing seemed to work out, you know. It was like... Um, I just always ran into problems, you know, and there was all the legal stuff. And it was like, um, today it's like, it's, it's just not like that. You know, I don't, um, I don't have a bunch of problems in my life right now. Not to say that life doesn't show up, you know, but, um, but when it does, I, I'm able to cope with it, you know, and recovery has gotten, it's gotten a lot more comfortable for me, you know, and that came with time. It was like, um, 
you know, I started drinking and getting loaded at 17, you know, and I think a lot of people would argue that uh, 17, you know, that's when you're, you know, you're going from a teen into an adult and there's a lot of uh, maturity gained at those times, you know, if you're not halting it with addiction, you know, and I went from, you know, 17 to 31, I missed a good, um, a good chunk of emotional maturity you know, just being able to learning to cope with emotions as life comes in, you know, and, and I felt that when I first got sober, you know, it's like, not only was I flooded with emotions, because I hadn't felt anything in so many years, but I was also just overwhelmed, you know, I hadn't, um, I had to learn to cope with everything again, you know, I had to, I had to and I don't think you could speed that up, you know, I don't think there's any shortcut to that other than just living life sober and gaining a little bit of time, you know, because I felt much better emotionally in my head after a year, you know, by two years, I, I felt a lot better, you know, there was a big difference, but um, I just don't think that could have been rushed. I think I had to, I had to experience everything sober, good or bad, you know, and I had to learn to kind of cope with it, learn to cope with my emotions. Cause I remember in the beginning, it was like, you know, it's like the main emotion I would experience, there was like two, you know, it was either like shame and I'd be in like a deep, like kind of depression state running over the past, or I'd be like just angry, frustrated, you know, those were like the easiest emotions for me to experience, you know, and, and I think a lot of times in, in in active addiction, you know, I realized I experienced so much anger and, and stuff like that, because that was such an easier emotion to express, you know, it's easier to be angry than it is to, to feel like super sad and stuff like that, you know, so I think that was kind of a coping mechanism at the time. I want to go over here to another reading. I really like this one. This one is from the NA for July 31st, 2023, and it's called Freedom from Active Addiction. This is out of the NA book, page 221. It says, Narcotics Anonymous offers only one promise, and that is freedom from active addiction, the solution that eluded us for so long. It says, Basic Text, page 106, NA offers no promises other than freedom from active addiction. It is true that some of our members meet with financial success and recovery. They buy nice houses, drive new cars, wear fine clothes, and form beautiful families. And this is interesting because I think, um, I know, I'll speak for myself. I know for me, you know, I had some basic uh, kind of goals when I've, and I've talked about this before, but I had very basic goals. I want to stay out of jail and I don't want to be like sick from using drugs anymore. That was, that was like my basic goals in the beginning. You know, I'm just tired of all this. I want to stay out of jail. You know, I want to get a life, you know, and, um, and you do, you see some people that get sober you know, and things fall in place very quickly. You know, it's like um, all of a sudden they, they get sober, you know, they get out of a program, they get some badass job, you know, they're killing it, they're in new cars, they got all this stuff going on. And I think that, uh, I think that it's easy for some people to kind of look at the outward success of other people in recovery and, and kind of, um, 
And if maybe they're not experiencing that, they're kind of going, okay, something's wrong with my program. You know, they're kind of judging the outward gifts of some people or successes of some people versus their own recovery, you know, and um, I think that's a dangerous place to be, you know, because we all start in in, in different places, you know, not everyone comes into recovery at at the same bottom, you know, like, um, for me, it was like, I dealt with homelessness, I was an IV drug user, you know, like, I, I took things very you know, but there's other people that don't. There's other people that come in and, and, and they learn early on that they have a, a that they're alcoholic or drug addicts, you know, and they're able to make some changes and and they maybe get stuff back really quickly, you know. But I, I think it's important to remember that um, you know, your outward success is it, it's not always a, a direct sign or directly result you know, resulting from just the program that you're that you have. You know, I've seen people that um, that don't ever find the financial success that have badass programs, you know, and they may not have some like amazing job, but they are helping a ton of people, you know, and most of their time goes into working with other alcoholics and addicts, you know, and, uh, and I think that's huge, you know, and some of them have the best programs I've ever seen. They help more people than, than anyone else I know, you know, and, and they don't have all that material success, but I'll tell you that they do, what they do have is uh, definitely have some peace of mind, you know? So I think it's, um, I think it's just important to look at that, you know, like uh, just cause one person, let's say your friend, as an example, gets sober, you know, and, and they get their career back or get a new career quickly and they buy a house and it's like, damn dude, like, They've been sober for like a year and a half. I've been sober for two years. You know, they just got a new car. They got a house. Like, I'm, you know, I'm done with my get well job. I'm looking for another one. Like, what's going on here? You know, I work I work a great program. You know, where am I failing? This and that. I, I just think it's not a way to measure it, you know. I want to continue on here. It says, a great many of us never achieve financial success financial success this does not necessarily reflect on the quality of our recovery so that's kind of what we just talked about we are tempted to compare ourselves to these other seemingly more affluent members it is good to remember why we came to the rooms of narcotics anonymous we came because because our lives had fallen down around us we were emotionally physically and spiritually defeated our basic text reminds us that In desperation, we sought help from each other in Narcotics Anonymous. We came because we were beaten. And I think this is huge. You know, I I think this is a a great paragraph. You know, it's like, I have to remember, I got to remember why I'm here. You know, when I, when I get caught up in the like, oh, like, and I've done this, you know, I'm using these as examples because it's, you know, I've lived it. It's like, there's been times where I've been caught up in like the, you know, oh, I'm, I was supposed to make more money. You know, I was supposed to, I was supposed to get that promotion. You know, uh, I get caught up in these just little stupid things, you know, comparing myself to others. You know, I think a lot of it too would happen on like social media. You know, I'd go on there and it was like, oh man, like he, you know, he just got this house. Like that's badass. Like I don't have a house. What's going on here? You know, I would compare, you know, all their outsides to my insides, you know, and, and it's like, I've got to, I got to remember the point here. Like, um, I got to remember that, like, I barely made it out of my overdose. You know, I, 
I have to remember that like I'm lucky to be alive. I'm, I'm, you know, I need to stay grateful that I am sober, you know, because I wouldn't have anything if I wasn't sober, you know, like everything in my life is contingent on me being sober. Every single thing is vital for me to be sober, you know, and, and when I get caught up in, and it's easy, it's easy to, you know, this is something that I experience, especially now that I, that I have a few years of sobriety, it's like, which is nothing compared to some people, you know, there's people that have four decades, you know, it's crazy. But it's like, I have enough time to where things are better. The outside situations are better, put it that way. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not thinking about drinking all the time. I'm not thinking about getting loaded all the time. You know, I know that it's a bad decision. Now, that doesn't mean that, uh, that I could just coast and I'm good to go. No, absolutely not. There's things I have to do every day, you know, as part of my recovery to maintain uh, a spiritual way of life. But it's like, I've got to remember how far down I was, you know, I've got to remember the desperation that I came in with, you know, it's like, oh, and I'm complaining because like I didn't get a promotion at a job or I don't have the car I want or the house I want. Like, man, I had nothing. Like I have nothing when I'm loaded, you know, like uh, I don't even have my freedom when I'm loaded. That gets stripped from me. Everything goes, you know, it's like uh, when I pick up that drink or that drug, it's like the, like, I like the analogy of like the first sale sign goes up, you know, like everything is on the lawn, like put it out there and it is like a quarter of the price because it's all going to go, the car, everything, it's all going to go, you know. And so I think that's just important to remember is like um, if people are doing better financially than you or, or on the outside, they, you know, they seem to be more successful in other areas of life, you know, but um, I think what's most important at this point for an alcoholic addict, you know, is um, is that our recovery is strong, you know, no matter what, that our recovery is strong. And, and I, I believe that, you know, through working hard, all that other stuff is going to come eventually too, you know, it's like, um, once we don't have the obsession, you know, just pulling us back every day once we uh you know get through our steps and, and start helping other people and, and and find the higher power of you know your understanding and start connecting with it start living a spiritual life it's like everything else becomes possible at that point you know but i think it's it's just very important to remember where I was when I walked in, you know, and, and I, I found that like, I try and really, and this is why I enjoy going to meetings too, is like, um, as much as I like to hear from the people that have a bunch of time and have all this wisdom, you know, and, and have been through so many sober experiences, you know, as life has hit them and, and have all this great advice and, um, just a great point of view certain things it's like um, i need to hear from the new person too you know i need to understand that it is terrible out there i need to be reminded i need to hear some far out shit from them to realize like okay yeah like i, I was definitely there you know like when people are laughing at some of the stuff they say because it just sounds so insane but it's like i can relate to that stuff you know it's like oh yeah and like suddenly like um Suddenly, like the the material stuff and 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 you know the things that I was so concerned about, like maybe like before the meeting or whatever, it's like uh, all of a sudden I'm kind of brought back to reality, and it's like, oh yeah, that's right, like running around the street like homeless and insane, and 
and uh, no one to call and um, and just nothing to show for my life in a positive way. Like, okay, like, yeah, that's right. That's why I'm here. You know, that's why I'm doing this. Like, that's what is important. You know, as long as I maintain that and continue to work with other people and get out of my head, it's like, um, you know, that's, that's what's important. I think everything else can come through hard work as long as I just remember what the my primary purpose really is you know I want to continue on here it says for addicts even one day clean is a miracle when we remember why we came to Narcotics Anonymous and in what condition we arrived we realize that material wealth pales in comparison to the spiritual riches we have gained in recovery and this reminds me of something I, I heard last night. I, I lead a, a meeting on Sunday nights, and and it was really good. There was a lot of people that uh, a lot of newer people, and and everyone was sharing, and um, it just ended up being a really cool meeting, you know. And uh, I remember one of the guys he raised his hand, you know, and he said um, he said what really amazes him was the person that had uh, twenty six days. You know, and uh, and he went on to to say more. He goes, you know, twenty six days. That is what that is what really impresses me right now. He's like, twenty six days is so hard. And he, and he went on to say, like, I'm the type of person that couldn't go twenty six hours. You know, and to go twenty six days in the beginning, and to be on a meeting and sharing about it. He's like, that is a miracle. You know, and, and that that's what I'm reminded of as I as I just read this paragraph, because it's like, uh, I, I think all the financial stuff, like, I, I think it can all come, you know, I, I think it's all achievable as long as we're sober, but uh, I love that it says even one day clean is a miracle, you know, cause I'll forget, like I've had some days in a row now and um, I forget that most people don't make it to recovery. You know, as, as I, if I just pull out of my own experience with, with a lot of my friends, it's like a lot of them never even made it to recovery. I, I, I was forced to go to AA and NA meetings when I was like 18, you know, by my parents, 17, 18 by my parents, you know, at the time. But it's like, uh, a lot of people don't ever make it, you know, and, and I think sometimes we get caught up on time. It's like, um, you know, when you're new, at least when I was new, it's like I would hear about people that had like 30, 40 years. And it's like, I just couldn't even imagine that, you know, it's like, what? It's like, that's, how do you have 30 or 40 years when I can't even, uh, I can't even get a day. I can't, I can't even go sometimes hours, you know, without having to do another shot or whatever. So it's like, um, it is a miracle, you know, it's a miracle that anyone is attempting recovery and is sitting in a room with other people trying to get sober, you know, even if they're not sober at the time, it's amazing that they even made it to that room, you know, and I, I don't believe that people make it to those rooms by mistake. You know, it's like, you may not be ready, but uh, something in your life is, it got you there, you know, and um, if you're not ready at the time, like I wasn't in the beginning, you know, I hope that at least a seed is planted to where uh, you know where to go if, if you ever are ready, you know. And um, it says, just for today, I have been given a spiritual gift greater than material wealth, my recovery. I will thank the God of my understanding for my freedom from active addiction. 
And this is part of, um, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't say I pray a whole lot, but I do pray consistently, you know, and um, I'd say the majority of it is just like, you know, things, I, I, my sobriety is always first on there. You know, it's like, um, I am very thankful and grateful that I'm not in active addiction, you know, and, and for those that are newer, like, um, that may eventually hear this podcast, it's like, um, it, it just gets better. Life gets more comfortable sober, you know, the way that, um, the way that a lot of us feel when we first come in that just extreme un- uncomfortability in the beginning, where it's just like, Oh my gosh, how could I go years feeling like this? You know, like in my experience, by the time I got through a year, even before then, you know, I felt much better, much better at six months. And by the time I got to a year, it was unbelievable. And I'm not talking now. I mean, I started to get a lot of stuff back. You know, I started to do a lot better financially, like over time. But um, the real gifts that came were just the peace of mind, the internal stuff, you know, the, uh, the serenity, you know, I did not feel like I was like crawling out of my skin. You know, I didn't, that anxiety that I had in the beginning where like, I would try and like watch a movie or whatever. And I'd have to like, you know, go out and smoke every 10 minutes, you know, that um, sitting down talking to someone and just, you know, and just hardly able to pay attention, you know, and just, uh, everywhere I would drive by, you know, I'd see a place that I got loaded at or whatever, you know, public bathrooms. And it's like, um, that got better, you know, and and I know in the beginning, it doesn't feel like it's ever going to get better. You know, that was a lot of, uh, the way I felt in the beginning. It was like, man, like I just, all I thought about were drugs and alcohol. That's all I could think about 24 seven, you know, and it wasn't like that after some time, you know, and, uh, and I, I think a lot of people maybe don't realize that. I didn't realize it until I finally experienced a little bit of, of sober and clean time. You know, like I related sobriety with like the way I felt in the beginning because that's all I had to go off of. That was my only experience was like um, feeling uncomfortable, like terribly uncomfortable with a week sober, you know. And, and most of the time I'd still be kicking. Like I wouldn't even be like fully detoxed and like that's what I'm thinking that recovery always feels like, you know? So I just want to mention that, that it, that it does get better if you could stick it out in the beginning, you know, and it just helps to get involved. It helps to maybe get a commitment. It helps to find a sponsor, you know, it's like, um, and I was always like, Oh, who's going to be my sponsor? You know, you hear people, Oh, I'm just like sponsor shopping or, you know, I'm taking basically taking applications for, you know, it's like, dude, you're just looking for someone that's, uh, you know, it's got something that you have, you know, a lot of times that's like peace of mind or whatever or has worked the steps. Like it's not going to be, uh, you know, this is someone that's, that's ahead of you. And it's like, um, someone that you're willing to call and, and to work with, you know, they don't have to have all these qualifications, you know, they don't have to be like the most financially successful person in the room. They, you know, like, I feel like sometimes people are looking for too much and a sponsor and what, what results out of that is they just never find one, you know, it's like, uh, just find, you know, find someone you can work with, find someone you can get into the steps with, like, um, you know, that doesn't mean they're going to be your sponsor forever, you know, but like, just, just find someone so that you can get started on it, you know, because that's where the relief is going to start to come from, you know, and it's, 
it's good to have uh, someone that you can run stuff by, especially in the beginning, you know. So that's all I got for today. Sorry I didn't load anything um, earlier this week. It's been a super busy week, a lot going on. I added uh, an Instagram page, and I'm going to start bringing people on here. I want to start bringing friends and um, anyone else in recovery who's willing to start sharing some of their stories and stuff like that. If uh, if you're listening and you would ever be interested in coming on and just um, – you know, talking about sobriety, recovery, maybe some of your experiences and addiction. I would love that. You can message me on the uh, Instagram. I have that on this podcast page. I hope everyone is doing well. I hope everyone has a great week sober. I'll try and get another episode episode up soon. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all the support. Have a great week.